What if all it took to change your money story was seven steps? There was no more guesswork about what was next, and you could completely change you and your family's future. That's exactly what happened with today's guest, Becca Steele. She went from a self-proclaimed shopping addict to a financial guru, and she's sharing with us today about how you can do it too. Hi, I'm Erin, a strategic money mastery coach on a mission to create a wealthy woman movement because I believe that wealthy women will change the world. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to gain financial freedom. Over the last decade, I've learned how to capitalize on my time and streamline my business to work smarter, not harder. This podcast will include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice so you can do the same. I brought multiple businesses to six and seven figures, co-developed a real estate empire with my sweet hubby Brent that has allowed us to pay off all debt, purchase our dream home, take vacations around the world, and spend more quality time together with our two daughters, Ava and Julie. I'm on a mission to help women entrepreneurs like you stop overworking so you can make more money without compromising or sacrificing the life of your dream. Abundance is yours for the taking. So grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's get into it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. Thank you for being a guest on the show. All right. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am so excited to have Becca Steele on the podcast today. Welcome, Becca. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Today, we're going to get the chance to talk about helping you change your money story and transform your financial life through a seven-step framework. And Beck and I actually had the chance to meet and grab coffee, and she started to dive into this with me, and I was like, this complements my work so well, I have to have you on the show. So, Becca, will you just share a little bit more with the audience about who you are and what you do? Yep. So again, my name is Becca Steele. I live um, here in the Indianapolis area. And so I started my business, gosh, eight and a half years ago, which is crazy. And I've just grown it more to be what I wish was in the industry when I was working on my money story and figuring out my finances. And so my husband and I actually run the business together, which I love. We've done that together for about six years. Um, And so we love not having bosses. And then we had a little girl. So now we have a tiny boss, as I like to call her. Um, and so we are just loving life, building a business, um, setting priorities in our financial life and our personal life. Um, it's just a joy to get to do. So fun. And little girls are the best. Yes. I know. You know that. Yes. And so is working with your husband. It's so fun. I love it. Um, I know you said that you like work towards financial freedom in your story. Will you share a little bit more about, your financial journey, your money story. I know you talk about being a shopping addict. So will you just like share a little bit about that transformation? I think it's so helpful, especially around the topic of money for there to be just transparency around our journeys and where we've been able to evolve and get to the place that we are now. 
Yes, absolutely. I joke kind of my tagline is that I'm a shopping addict turned financial coach. And I, I mean, I was the girl, Aaron, I couldn't hold on to a dollar for a minute. I loved making money as much as I loved spending money. Um, and when my husband and I got married, we graduated college, bought a house, did a whole lot of life in a really short time period. Um, and I would, every single payday was the most money I'd ever made. I'd go shopping. He would get frustrated. I would feel bad, but we never changed anything. And I just remember thinking my husband had a degree in accounting, that it was his job, that he would figure out the money for us. Um, and so I finally just decided one day, like enough is enough. Like I'm not going to wait for somebody to show up and fix our life. And so decided that I was done with that story, that I wanted to change what my money story looked like. And we went on to pay off, we had off over $25,000 of credit card debt in 18 months. Yes, let's go. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Like looking back at it now, it's like probably one of the things I'm most proud of in that season of our life was really like putting in the work before we had evidence. I had zero evidence that I was good with money, but I just decided like, I don't have to stay who I was, that if I don't do anything different with my life, my life's not going to look different. Yeah. It sounds like you're able to really shed that identity because you raised the necessity of having to have it be different. Yep. Absolutely. Was there a specific like turning point for you? Like, how did you just search, like turn off the shopping and turn financial coach? Yeah. And I tell people, like, I even joke, like, I still love shopping today. I probably got a little bit more expensive taste today than I did even back then. But I've just learned to, to really set financial priorities in my life. It's at that time in my life, it wasn't that I stopped loving shopping, but I found something else that I loved more. At that point, I was like, man, I never want to go back. Like, I I just remember, like, crying at the end of the week, like, how are we going to make things work and being overwhelmed? I'm like, we were, I mean, young 20s at the time. And I said, this is not the trajectory I want my life to look like. And I just, hey, I loved shopping, but I wanted financial freedom more. We were in jobs we didn't love. And if we had a bunch of credit card debt, we couldn't do anything entrepreneurially based. Um, and they're just, it was, I decided like, hey, what are things that I want more than I wanted shopping in that time? Oh, I love that. I know that's going to resonate with people listening. So that's so amazing. Well, I'm really excited for us to jump into sort of the the meat of this conversation. And I think it goes so well with the work that I do around money mindset and management for creatives. And you like take it into a very particular framework that I would just love for us to dive into. So can you just start to talk through the seven step framework and yeah, let's maybe just, however you want to talk through that. I would just love for our audience to be able to dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So the seven step formula that I teach, it's really what I walk clients through as like a blueprint for your money right? Most of us really aren't like proactive with our money. We're very reactive. It's like, oh, I spent all my money. And so I don't have anything left to, to save or invest or start a business or do anything like that. And so it's just like building a, a physical house, right? No one would hire a contractor that didn't have a blueprint. Like here's your dream on paper. Like that would be crazy. But so many of us handle our financial life in that manner. We've got big dreams. We want to retire. We want to 
be entrepreneurs, we want to go full-time into entrepreneurship, but we don't have a blueprint financially for how that's going to happen. And so the seven steps that I walk through, it's it's literally building their financial house step-by-step, you know, starting with the foundation of protecting income with life insurance, and then the importance of having savings set up, building a cash flow plan, investing long-term strategies. You know, the roof is the importance of a will and a power of attorney. Like there's seven different steps walking them through everything from spending plan to generosity, to, to being able to budget in life experiences, um, literally creating their financial vision into a blueprint. I love it. So if, can we dive deeper into each part of the framework of the home? So let's start with the foundation and just some basic kind of components that you've created around the finance, the the foundation of the blueprint of your home. Yeah. So we teach the foundation of any solid financial plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work at a corporate job is protecting your greatest assets, which I believe is your income, right? I mean, look at everything you guys have been able to do with your businesses because as you've made more money, you've been smart with those resources, right? And so all of our dreams, whether it's paying off debt, paying for kids' college, retiring one day, all of that is dependent on our income for our family, right? And it's so funny. Most of us, you know, we know the importance of auto insurance. If I get in a car accident and my car's total, well, I can't pay for a new car. I've got auto insurance to replace that. And home insurance, if my house gets burned down tomorrow, I don't want to write a check and pay for a new house. And so I have homeowner's insurance to replace that. And the reality is over your lifetime, your greatest asset is your income. But most of us don't think about the importance of protecting our income in it being the greatest asset we have for our family. Mm. And so how do people protect their income? How, when you're talking to someone and you're coaching them, what is some of your advice there? Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of different types of life insurance in the world today. Um, if you look mathematically, buying term insurance and investing in great mutual funds is hands down the best strategy. Any type of like cash value, whole life universals, unfortunately really going to have a lot of loopholes in there for the clients. And so buying term insurance, I know you agree with this. We've talked already. Um <laughs> buying term insurance, it's really inexpensive. It's actually millennials typically think insurance is three times as expensive than it actually is. Um, And so term insurance is the most cost-effective way to protect my my income today while I have time to build my assets and other resources. Mm. So that's sort of the foundation, right? Mm And getting the correct type of insurance to help us in this phase. And many of us who are listening are in a phase of building our wealth where our income is important. We are not um, in retirement yet, though hopefully working towards that through the different investments that we're putting ourselves into. So that is sort of like the number one, step one foundation part of things is getting uh, the correct insurance setup. And I know, Becca, that is something that you work with clients on in ensuring that that uh, foundation is set really, really well. And I appreciate so much your integrity in that. And Brett and I have strong opinions on <laughs> <laughs> terms, you know, all that. And so yeah. I know you do as well and really work to protect your, your clients as you work with them in getting set up with something that is really going to benefit them. Yes, absolutely. I think unfortunately, a lot of companies, they will try to get you to buy whole life insurance. It's 10 times more profitable for the company. But when it comes to the client, hands down, math doesn't lie. 
it is so much better to buy term and invest the difference. And especially as we are speaking to an audience that is entrepreneurs, I would rather them have the money in their pocket to go work to um, create more money for themselves and not leave the money in places where companies are going to take advantage. Yes, could not agree more with that. (laughs) Okay, so next are the walls, I'm assuming. Yes, yep. You you know how a house is built too. (laughs) (laughs) I might build a few. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, As we build the walls of your financial house, that's figuring out your cash flow plan. You know, I tell clients all the time, we can do anything with your money but we can't do everything. And so I talk about me and the importance of knowing what, what are your priorities financially? Let's create a cash flow plan to ensure what's most important happens. Cause here's, you know, I, it's, you've probably heard people say this too. Like, well, if I just stop spending money on Starbucks, you know, I'd be able to hit my goals. Listen, I'm drinking a cup of Starbucks and still hitting all of my financial goals. Me too, girl. Yes, (laughs) because most of us, we we think it's the little things that trip us up. But if I tell clients, man, if we can automate your biggest financial goals, well, then whatever's left over, you can go to Starbucks and Target and not stress out because we know our cash flow plan automates what's most important to us. Mm, I love that. And that is something I'm hugely passionate about. And (laughs) I work with clients on figuring out like, what is your cash flow in your life? What do you need to live? I know there's a stat that says 65% of Americans do not know how much money it costs for them to live. And so I'm so glad that we're doing that work with people and helping them. And the superpower of entrepreneurs is that we can go make more money. And often we find ourselves tripping over dollars to save pennies because our mindset is let's not spend the money on the coffee. And then we're giving, you know, we're putting ourselves into this uh, deprivation and it's not necessary when really we should be harnessing the ability to go and make more money. Of course, spending should be responsible and all of those things, which I'm sure you teach, but Love that. So in line with you on cash flow. Uh, yeah. are, there, are there other walls that we need to talk about? Yeah. So then next we talk about building the roof, right? If you if it rains, but there's no roof to protect the house in the building process, that's uh, obviously causes more uh, work on the front end. So we talk about the importance of having a will and a power of attorney. I think a lot of times we can think, well, that's something my parents or my grandparents would need, but I don't need that. Um, And especially if you have kiddos, um, most states um, have probate requirements, like Indiana's a probate state. And so the importance of having a will set up for your kids. Um, And again, most people, if you you ask them, they say it's going to be hundreds of dollars to meet with a lawyer to do that. We have a really affordable option to help clients set that up. Um, Even if you don't have a lot of assets yet, but you've got kiddos to take care of, gosh, that is just so important. You don't want the state trying to figure out what to do with your with your kids. Yeah. So what happens if someone doesn't have a will set up and they have kiddos? Yeah. So um, because Indiana is a probate state, um, it can go through probate court, which costs time and money. And we literally I have a client of ours. Um, whose parents passed away. She was 16. And then her parents had um, other kids later in life. So her siblings were two and four. And she actually had to go fight the court. They were in foster care for a while through the process while she said, like, they're my siblings, I can take care of them. And gosh, just something that tragic, you don't want to add like heartache on top of tragedy. And so having a will set up is going to make sure that you say, hey, these are my wishes, how I want my kids taken care of. So legally, it makes it easier. 
But even just with family, gosh, you know, it's like, you know, I've talked with a lot of clients like, hey, I know my sibling or my parents or my aunt and uncle would step up to take my kids, but I don't know if I want them to take my kids. And so it just makes um, on the back end that just such an easier process if that were ever to happen. Absolutely. And I know it's something that we don't like to think about. And uh, Brett and I are in the midst of writing our will and working through all that. And it is like, man, this, I would rather do a lot of other things, but also thinking about my sweet little girls and wanting to set them up well is so important. And you kind of mentioned that, you know, the feeling of maybe it's going to take so much time or so much money. Can you give a little insight into like, actually, this is how easy it can be to write a will? Yeah. So we were talk, talk with clients. If you're just wanting to do like a basic will, not like a full estate plan, we partner with a law firm here in Indy. They'll help clients set up a will for like 60 bucks. It's incredible. And so they actually have like an online program. You literally just fill out a will questionnaire you send it to the law firm, they'll review everything for you, call you to make sure everything's set up correctly. They'll send it back to you. So you don't even need to leave your house to meet with a lawyer. And then all you needed to go is do is like go to your local bank and get it notarized. So it's super convenient, um, again, for a topic that most people don't wake up on a weekend and be like, you know what, we should write our will this weekend. But it is like, I mean, everything we talk about financially, it really is such a gift to your family should something unexpected happens. And so we really just want to make it as easy as possible to do the things that sometimes aren't necessarily exciting to do, but man, are so important to do. Absolutely. Okay. So we have the foundation, we have walls, we have the ceiling, the roof. What's next? Yep. So now we want to look at building the next floors of your house, second and third floor. And that's going to be the importance of having a fully funded emergency fund in the right places, eliminating any debt um, and investing. And I put all of those on the floor together because, again, I think financial priorities are not the same for everybody. One of the biggest questions people ask me, Becca, should I pay off my house or Becca, should I pay off my debt? And I will tell them mathematically, I can give you the answer, but truly whatever helps you sleep better at night is the right answer, right? Because personal finances is personal. And if one gives you more peace over the other, that's, that's the right solution. Um, and I've heard it said before um, that, man, if it costs you your peace, it costs way too much. And so if mm, I, I can that. show you, yeah, I can show you, you know, mathematically why you shouldn't pay off your mortgage. But if you are falling, like losing sleep at night over it, go pay that baby off. Absolutely. Yes. There, when I am, and I love that there's not, and we both preach, there's not a one size fits all yes. situation when it comes to uh, setting your longer term financial goals. And I have very similar where we think we look through savings and we look through debt and then we start to think about investing and things like that. And there is some loose principles that I like to teach. Really, it's, it is so different. And I think that is remembering we're dealing with beings that are mostly predominantly emotional beings. We aren't logical, rational beings. And so, yeah, we could say mathematically, this is why it makes sense to take the money and actually go invest it. And actually, I have a story where Brett and I had $20,000 left of student debt, and we kept rationalizing mathematically, well, we are able to make more money if we go invest it in real estate. And so we're just going to keep this debt and keep making our money work for us and get a better um, rate of return. 
And it took a dear friend who is savvy with finances as well with us and said, pay off the freaking debt. It's it, it makes you go to bed at night better. It's the emotional burden, the, the, the heaviness there. And so I love that really as people are listening and thinking about what are my financial steps and like, what's the magic answer? While there are core principles, uh, remembering that you are a human and that your own peace matters most is so, so important. Yes. I love that. that. And I tell clients a lot of times we're doing all of them at the same time. You know, I can help them automate some savings, especially, you know, inflation right now, we all know it's a little crazy. And so putting your savings in something that's going to help you at least earn a little bit of return. If it's in a, if your full emergency fund is in a savings account, earning no interest, you're literally losing buying power in that money. So I help give some strategies there. Um, obviously paying off debt, the, the most important way to pay that off and then investing. Gosh, if I could teach entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we as entrepreneurs, cause we have big dreams and we are so optimistic about life that we sometimes think, um, I lovingly say this cause this used to be me is we think we can out earn our stupid and I'll just go make money and more money and it'll be fine. But I think it's so important to start investing even at a young age, Um, So I help a lot of clients set up Roth IRAs. It's literally tax-free ways to save money. Um, It's crazy. Just maxing out your Roth IRA, which is $6,000 a year, you can be on track to be a multimillionaire just with that one decision. But less than 4% of Americans actually have one set up. Not because we don't want to be millionaires, but because we aren't taught the importance of this. And I tell entrepreneurs, listen, even if your business is wildly successful and you're a multimillionaire outside of that, no one's going to be upset by another million dollars here in your investments. Heck yes. Heck yes. I love it. And you know that Brett and I are very passionate about investing. And I know that we speak to the same audience with entrepreneurs. And the truth is many times we are grinding. I I don't love the grinding hustle culture and vibe, but that's where we are at the beginning. And once we have cash flow sort of underneath us and we're paying ourselves a consistent salary and doing those things, um, then it's, we don't have a retirement plan as entrepreneurs. I mean, right. We're not given a 401k or anything and we're in charge of that. And I love it because as entrepreneurs, we are savvy, beautiful risk takers that know how to plan for the future and do those things. But sometimes it's just not like top of mind. It's not on our radar. And so I love that you help people actually start to strategize where they can start to build their their retirement. So you gave a great, really practical tip about Roth IRAs and $6,000 and obviously the compounding effect, especially when you start early is huge for, you know, if, and especially if that's an auto payment or an auto, like you budget for that. And you know, that's where, you know, you don't have to even think about it because you don't even see it, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And I love that you say that, like the importance of automation, man, is key because truly if we can automate our financial goals, we're we're no longer worried about money, stressing about money, and we can go back to giving our time and attention to our businesses and our families and our relationships, things that do matter to us. And when our money's automated, we don't have to split our attention between that. Absolutely. 
Is there any other really practical, quick advice you would give for somebody who is in this phase of building this second tier, looking at being really strategic with debt pay down, savings and investing? Yeah, I would say, because people often will ask me, where do I start? And I would tell you, truly starting is the most important part. You might say, well, Becca, I don't have $6,000 for a Roth, but I bet you've got $100 for a Roth. That starting is the most important part. Once you've automated it, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But starting the goal is way better than waiting to do it perfectly. So true. I was listening to a book the other day because that's basically what we get to do as moms at this point. (laughs) Reading is a luxury. Listening (laughs) while I'm brushing my teeth is more my stage of life, which is totally fine. But they talked about this amazing analogy that I feel like is what you're getting to in that like a mason was chipping away at a large stone and it was the 100th strike that cracked the stone. And it wasn't that the 100th strike was the like the moment where it actually broke and that it was all the invisible work beforehand, all the effort, all the small decisions leading up to that 100th strike. And so I think the same thing is so true. Like you're saying when it comes to finances is you know, a hundred dollars every month, that's $1,200 in a year. That's $1,200 when it was going to be zero. And then if you do the math on that compounding over the next 30, 40 years, that $1,200 is tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's incredible. And I love that. Love that. Such a good analogy. Yep. And then the seventh, the final step of the framework we teach is just the importance of generosity and creating life experiences. Listen, like once, like I've talked about, we we've set very clear financial priorities. We've automated them. Now we can put our time, attention, and money to things that we really want to do, you know, being generous and how, whatever that looks like for you and creating life experiences for your family, really what life's meant for when we're not stressing out about finances, man, there's a whole new world available to us that we can use our money for good. Mm. And that is so in line with my heart. My belief in wealthy women will change the world and generosity is a huge part of that. And I love that that is this, the, that's the crux, the, the highest point of your framework is having that posture of, of generosity. Can you share a little bit of how this framework, maybe some success stories like of clients, like some big breakthrough moments that our audience could really relate to when it comes to this framework and as they've adopted sort of your philosophy here? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, man, I've helped, I mean, at this point, hundreds of clients walk through this process. And, you know, I've had so many clients come to me saying things like, I just, I make too much money to feel this way, or I just don't know where my money goes. And so diving in and doing the cash flow plan and saying, hey, let's just do an audit and be really honest with ourselves, not right or wrong, but let's just use data. Where is the money going? And then asking, hey, there's nothing wrong with going out to eat, but is if you have to choose between going out to eat or the family vacation to Disney, you know, do, do you want to do a little bit of both? Or, you know, what can we do to change? I actually have two clients this year, um, both paying cash, taking their family to Disney this year. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Dreams that they have had that they're like, Becca, we just don't know how we're going to make it happen. And do walking through this seven-step framework, we've set financial priorities. We've automated money. Like here's the cash to pay for it. 
and they're still living their life and they're still going out to eat, but it's so much more on purpose because they, they, they still get to go out to eat or they still go to shop or whatever it is, but they have something that's more important to them in this case, a Disney trip. Um, and we got to help them automate that and actually have that dream come to reality. I love it. I'm seeing you beam and just smile as you talk about it's, this is the beauty of money is that it's power to fuel our values. That's what I talk about a lot. Yes, and I so, love that. Yes. Our, our spending our money when it is back with our values is what is making the impact we want on the world is taking our family on a Disney trips. And I just love seeing your passion and seeing you know, you have been able to change hundreds of people's stories and, um, it's so beautiful and your work is so important and our work really overlaps, you know, mm-hmm. some of what we do is similar as far as mm-hmm. cash flow and, and figuring out some financial goals and like really working with this psychology and mindset. But I love how we really are able to support each other as well as yeah. like you are able to get more, a little more strategic with really helping somebody write a will, helping somebody figure out power of attorney, figuring out exactly how can they start to work on investing and what's a strategic plan or, you know, if they, once we strategize savings, which I work with people on, like, how do they get it into a, a, a productive savings account yes. versus one that's actually losing money based on what's going on with inflation. So I feel like our hearts and our stories and our work overlap so much. And thank you for doing this work in this world. It's so huge. Oh, thank you. And I could say the same about you. I know when you made a, the shift to focus on a wealthy woman, I was like virtually cheering you on when I saw it on Instagram. You just, anything you do, you take by storm. And this is when I look at the industry as a whole, it is um, typically a lot of old white guys. And so if we as women can link arms and help women understand more women making more money is a good thing. Mm. I think we can change this generation. Heck yes. Same, 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 same. Okay. So we started this chat about your life story with money and your choice to abandon the shopping addiction for the greater vision. And I would love to hear you just share a little bit now of what your lifestyle feels like emotionally around money, like how you feel. And also just like, bringing like what is like financial like bragging on yourself like you made a sacrifice and doing it you know because I think this allows us to hold space of belief for those who might be in different places that they can have the same thing so what does that transformation look like for you like what are you feeling now doing now because of where you're at financially yeah absolutely I love this question and so I think there's you know really tangible things we obviously paid off the $25,000 of credit card years ago we paid off a very strong six-figure student loan um, load of just, again, like we wanted that gone, overwhelmed us. Um, when I look at our business today, right, I have three different people that work for me in various roles that we're able to employ them and be able to take care of their families. They're able to be at home raising their kids, working with me remotely. Um, you look at, we live now on 35% of our income. Um, I used to, and this is a mistake I made as an entrepreneur as my, on the early years, as my income grew, so did my lifestyle. And so mm-hmm. anytime I wanted to invest in my business, it felt like taking away from my personal salary. I was like, that's my money. But I'm like, no, it is business money. <laughs> and I know we agree on this. <laughs> and so the shift that I made, even when I made six figures, but spent it all, I was still stressed at a, at a higher tax bracket. 
Whereas now we live on 35% of our income and just the peace that that gives me, like, I, I love really nice things. I drive fun cars. We go on bougie vacations. I'm counting down. Um, we're going to Mexico here in the fall. Um, but I, oh, yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> but I also like, I never want to est- underestimate the value of peace of like knowing like I'm in control of my money. And even if, if there's a shift in the economy or the world, like I'm not worried because we've planned really, really solidly financially. Mm. I think that's such, thank you for exposing that part of your story about the, as you grow your income, not choosing to grow your spending because it does leave you in that same space of stress. And so, and, and being a fellow bougie gal who enjoys spending money, you know, that does take a level of discipline and Mm -hmm. the peace is worth that. And so thank you for sharing that. I think that's so, so important. Is there anything else that you, before we get into our rapid fire wealthy woman questions, is there anything else like you want to leave our listeners with, whether it's inspiration or something really practical they can go do now, what would you want to leave like sort of the last part of this conversation for them to hear? Um, I love that question. I think, man, there's so many, like I could tell you a hundred things that I've done wrong with my money, but I just kept getting better. And I just never gave up the fight for my dreams. And so if you're like, man, I feel like I'm not where I want to be, like get back up and fight again. Uh, But also just on a really practical level, there are literally hundreds of things you can do with your finances. I picked these seven things because to me, these are the seven most important things to get right. Right. I can get in debt and pay it off and I can pay some interest, but that's, you know, not going to be detrimental to my family. But there are some things financially like the importance of will and life insurance and saving that can create a huge impact in my family if I wait to get that done or mess that up. Um, I actually have done a training before with uh, some of the people that work with me and I've talked about on the importance of life insurance, because, again, it's not like a fun topic. We wake up and say, let's buy life insurance today. Um, but I, I just to help them like um, understand the importance of it is as women, if we think about it, like if every woman knew what every widow had to learn, there wouldn't be a single family that didn't go buy life insurance today. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it, it is truly the one financial mistake you can't fix if you wait too long to get whether something happens medically or heaven forbid you were to pass like as women, we want to give that peace to our family. And that's why it is the foundational part of our seven steps. Huge. Thanks for talking about the stuff that isn't always fun when it comes yes. to the topic <laughs> that is already so taboo, but it's so valuable for us to really inter- listen to and make action towards. So thank you so much, Becca. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for walking us through your seven step framework. Uh, from really thinking through insurance and all those types of things to your cash flow to figuring out debt and savings and investing and having a will and all those things. So freaking important and so practical as well for us to start to um, take steps 
So I hope that as listeners, you are thinking through what is the one thing that I need to do in order to work towards my wealth, whether that's starting your Roth IRA and putting $100 in there, or um, it's figuring out exactly how much debt you really have that you need to pay down or your savings plan, your cash flow, what is your budget, all those types of things. Um, And Becca is an amazing resource for a lot of the things that she's spoken on. And so we are excited for our audience to be able to connect with you. And before we do that, let's get into our rapid fire questions. I'm really excited for these. Okay. So Becca, you ready, girl? I am so ready. (laughs) Okay. What's your earliest memory of money and how has that impacted you? Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid, like my parents just didn't make a ton of money growing up. My mom stayed at home. My dad was a police officer. There were six of us, including my parents. And so just not having money. Um, And I just remember growing up thinking like, I never want to say no to something because financially I couldn't afford it. Um, And I remember such a shift when my mom ended up working and like for the first time we did have money and how good that felt to be able to go on vacations and buy things. And just knowing like, that's what I wanted for my family. Mm, so cool. Go mom. What's your money moment that you're most proud of? Yeah, I would say probably when we paid like the first big shift that we made was paying off that 25,000. Not that that's by even close to the biggest financial move that we've made, but that version of Becca, she was willing to change her story before she had evidence, right? I was literally creating my own evidence that I could become good with money. I was changing my money story. Now I'm like, of course I'm a boss with money, but that version of Becca, she wanted something so bad. She was willing to do the work to make it happen. Mm, Beautiful. Love that. If I were to give you a hundred thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Yeah, I would do two things. I would take part of it and invest because I think just with the market right now, it is just such a great opportunity to put money into the market. And then I would go get a condo down in Florida and then live there part of the year and then Airbnb in part of the year. Ooh, yes. Do you know what part of Florida? Clearwater Beach. Hey, I love Florida. I know it's great. We kind of talked about this a lot, but we'll just give you a rapid fire and see what comes. What was your hardest learning around money? Yeah. I just think like giving myself like permission to have progress, not perfection. Like I, that I, I spent so long trying to do it perfectly that I could have made so many more steps just if I was focused on progress that instead of perfection. Mm. Progress, not perfection. That's huge. All right. We're both bougie. Yes. <laughs> you get to you get to express your bougie self. What do you buy? Yes, two things again, because I can't pick just one. <laughs> um, I'm doing a real nice spa day and I'm going on a real bougie trip. Oh uh, where's the like where's your bougie spot to go on a trip? Um, so we're going to Mexico in November, which I, that's been a dream trip for a long time. Like real nice resort, like the most money we've ever spent on a trip. Love that. Hawaii is the first time I ever thought about legitimately not coming home. <laughs> so <laughs> Hawaii is my current favorite, but Mexico may be, um, a new favorite. Love it. Oh my gosh. So fun. Becca, thank you so much. I am so thrilled that my audience has been able to hear from you and, and uh, I want them to be able to continue to connect with you. So can you share 
um, the best place for them to reach you, connect with you. And I know you have something free that you want to offer them. So share away with that. Yes, absolutely. So I have the most fun on Instagram, um, have a ton of education in my posts. I joke that I live my best life on stories. So hang out there. Um, so you can hang out with me on Instagram. And then if you go to my website, beccasteel.com slash freebie, you guys, I have created a financial priorities workbook just for you guys, um, helping you really understand what are my financial priorities? How can I automate them so I can kick butt with my money now instead of waiting to do it perfectly? Yay. Love it. Go follow Becca. Follow her on Instagram. Get that freebie. So freaking fun. All right, Becca, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much for the work that you do in the world. Um, I'm honored to link arms with you. Thank you for having me as your guest today. Yay. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you can access all the latest episodes. And while you're at it, would you take a few minutes to leave a review? This will spread the word and spread the Wealthy Woman movement. Are you inspired to take your money mindset management to the next level? Head to www.erinbridgman.com and join the waitlist for the Wealthy Woman Intensive. The doors to my coaching program only open a few times a year and spots are limited. So be sure to join the waitlist so you can be the first to hear when a new cohort begins. Cheers for now.